Hey Westies, what is up? So join me for another episode of ARW Raw. We are here on episode 12 of season 3. I love running this show. I love talking about what you guys want me to talk about, so let me know any suggestions you have. Anyways, let's get on with the show. This episode is about my path as an influencer. I am a self-made influencer from Bethesda, Maryland, right outside of Washington, D.C., so I have been influencing for about 10 years now. I really started doing social media when I was 15 and now I'm 25, so that is 10 years. So let's get into it. Um, please make sure to like, comment, subscribe on all my YouTube stuff and to rate this five stars on Apple and Spotify if you guys want me to continue making more good content because I really appreciate the support as well as um, if you ever have any topic ideas or suggestions for what I should cover just reach out to me. You can always contact me at AmandaRomeWestOfficial at gmail.com or on my socials, AmandaRomeWestOfficial on Instagram, AmandaRomeWestOfficial on Threads, AmandaRomeWestOfficial on TikTok, AmandaRomeWest on Facebook, AmandaRomeWest on Twitter, Amanda underscore please on Snapchat. What else do I got? Um, <laughs> AmandaRomeWest on YouTube and you, AmandaRomeWest on OnlyFans and Playboy. So also visit AmandaRomeWest.com for all of your summer merch needs. I just dropped new tote bags and I also just dropped new summer tank tops. So definitely check it out if you guys are interested in merch. I have a 30% off sale going on right now. I just want to do amazing merch for my fans and make it affordable for everyone. So hope you can enjoy and let's get into it. Whew, it's going to be a long story. So... I started influencing because I was pretty bullied in school. As you guys know, I went to an all-girls school called Holton Arms in Bethesda, Maryland, and people really bullied me. So I kind of turned to the internet because I didn't really have any real-life friends. I had a lot of people who just really did not want the best for me and who always, like, pretended to be my friend, but they were really just, like, making fun of me and, like, not really there for me. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go online. I'm going to make a Tumblr. And little did I know that that Tumblr would blow up and turn into a big following that I converted into Snapchat. So I started Snapchat right after Tumblr because Tumblr, yes, it's great because you could have in-feed posts. You could, like, reshare people's stuff. You could have, like, an aesthetic wall. It was almost like the first version of Pinterest, right? But a lot of people from my school were, like, always on my Tumblr making fun of me. So I was like, okay, I'll make a Snapchat so people can't find me. So I'll make it Amanda underscore please six. Little did I know I would eventually have over 600,000 Snapchat followers, subscribers, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that was kind of overwhelming to me. Um, so basically to backtrack a bit, when I started my Tumblr, it was all about like the artsy, you know, this was in like 20, like 13. So like the artsy, like, you know, Playboy stuff and like cigarettes and like the 1975 and like Halsey, early, early Halsey. You know what I mean? Like, that, like, sort of indie grunge shit and, like, sex-related shit. So it was, like, always, like... I was always, like, in that vein, right? But, like, it was always, like, reshares and, like, doing my own little photo shoots because I have my own photography business when I was a kid and, like, have my own little, like, you know, postings, have my own little, like, uh, you know, community on there. So then when I made my Snapchat, it was more, like, like um like, real-time thoughts I guess you could say like always constantly making videos and, like commentating on things stuff like that and on this at this time I was on a lot of Adderall so I feel like it was low-key just like ranting I don't know like 
people always say like, oh, I love your Snapchat stories. Like you give me so much confidence to say what I mean and like really like talk about what I feel about and like really be real with people. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like I really appreciate that. But like now looking back at it, I'm like, damn, like I was really like Adderall out. And like I was prescribed over, you know, 120 milligrams of Adderall. So it's very hard for me. I was on a lot. Um, as someone with ADHD, I'm not on Adderall anymore. Uh, I was actually at a USC alumni event last night and I met someone else who detoxed off Adderall ADHD, but like people with ADHD are super successful. Like we're really motivated. We love doing many different, um, projects. We love like diving into different, different, um, arenas and constantly having multiple focuses. So like there's no shade in that, but like definitely Snapchat kind of fueled that for that ADHD element for me. Um, and, like, I'm not ashamed of that. That's just how it was. But I, I started getting a really big following on Snapchat because I just had, like, these funny, like, real-time videos. So I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I have this big following. Okay, like, let me make some something of this. So when I was, like, 16, 17, 18, it only got bigger, bigger, bigger. And the first time I went to Coachella, I was 15. And I remember at Coachella, people knew who I was. They're like, oh, you're Amanda Please 6 from Snapchat. I was like, what? how do you know who I am? And they were like, oh, we follow you. We think you're hilarious, all this stuff. And like, this was like the first time I really came to California. So I was like, wow, like people here really vibe with me and all this stuff. And it was crazy because people in like California slash LA just got me. They just understood like what I was doing, how this was like part of my career, like how I had this media following. So then when I was 16, 17, 18, I was still going to Coachella, still going to California, looking to go to USC, all this stuff. I was like, you know what? I should really use the Snapchat stuff to my advantage. So I kept growing it, growing it. I made my own filters. I eventually, which I'll get into later, had my own Snapchat TV show. I got featured on like the For You page, like back when it was like basically like TikTok, like they were just pushing people. But anyways, like, when I started, it was a totally different world than it is now with social media. Like, there were not influencers like that. Like, yes, of course, like, celebrities had following online and, like, those type of people. But there was never, like, random high school girls from D.C. just, like, blowing up. And, like, eventually, obviously, all the people at my school found out about my Snapchat. And, like, I started getting a much bigger following on there. And it was it was already pretty big, but I got even more and more followers to the point where the school was like, hey, you got to stop the Snapchat. Like, do you want to be famous or do you want to go to school? And I was like, well, fuck you. That's not up to you. And basically, my parents have always supported my social media. They were like, you should go to USC. You, should, you know, you support your whole we support your whole like social media thing. And that's how I got into studying business of entertainment. But, you know, Snapchat really kicked it all off for me. And I really am grateful for the Snapchat era in my life. And like I had some really great you know, business opportunities based off of my Snapchat following and everything that turned into my large Instagram following. You know, I have 26K on IG at Amanda Rome West Official. Um, I had 250K on my TikTok, but it got banned. But we have a new TikTok, Amanda Rome West Official, and it's growing every day. And just constantly, you know, joining new platforms like Threads and like, you know, making YouTube videos every Wednesday. Go subscribe to my channel. Um, You know, just seeing, you know, what I can do with my following. And like, it all really did start with Tumblr and Snapchat. And like, I remember when Snapchat was like falling off in college and like it was so hard for me because I didn't I couldn't really perceive what would be next like Instagram wasn't popping like that like on that level but I really turned my following into an Instagram based following and I'm really grateful that I was able to do that and like I've really converted a lot of people over to different platforms over the years I think it's really hard to be able to do that be able to constantly change platforms constantly have a following constantly be interesting be doing makeup tutorials be doing live streams be doing all this stuff and you know, just the whole trend of, like, NPC stuff now or, like, you know, everyone being a rapper, everyone doing this, everyone doing that. It's kind of overwhelming and crazy to think about and, like, how all these different people are doing all this different stuff and it's this own ecosystem now. And, like, I feel like I really started when influencers started, you know? 
So to go back to the whole Snapchat thing, I did always get in a lot of trouble for my Snapchat. I always would say really controversial shit. But this is what attracted the attention of the producers of a show, a little show I call Parental Guidance that I was on in 2018. So starting Snapchat in 2013, I built my following so big that, as I said, I was like on the For You page every day. And this this uh, production company discovered me and they were like, hey, like... I was already going to USC. I was a sophomore there at this point. They're like, hey, come on this dating show. And I had just broken up with my ex, Jonathan. I was like, okay, I'll come on the show. This is before I was with Jordan. And I was like, okay, I'll come on the show. And, like, I had such a big following, right? And I had just started my rap career. So I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, go on this dating show, right? But I'm going to troll people with being, like, a pink wig. And, like, I'm going to drop my first song, Watch Me, on the day the show drops, all this stuff. And, like, I will say it attracted a lot of negative attention. It got my Instagram ban, which was at almost 250K at that time. It got a lot of people hating on me. It got a lot of really bad negative attention on me, but it also got me a lot of attention in the first place. Like, my song got tons of streams on Spotify and Apple, you know. I got blown up. I was, like, pushed online on the news and stuff. It was just, like, crazy. So, like, being put in that position, you know, you really see, like, what type of attention you can get, good or bad. And, like, I've always decided, like, since then, like, to have good attention. Like, I fired my manager. I quit my team I just started my whole other side of my career with my amazing music producers and my photographers my videographers my family you know just doing my thing and just depending on my people and not worrying about what other people thought or what other people said and like honestly that has served me well like I I never have wanted to be in the position where I have to do like clout chasing but I always felt like I was in that position once with my old management so I was like I'm dropping them, whatever. And that's when I started going much harder on my new Instagram, Amanda Rome West Official. And I'm proud to be at 26K. Like, I'd rather be at 26K on Instagram and be myself than be, like, a fake-ass person and, like, not even be really, like, myself online. And, like, as soon as I started being myself and stopping the Snapchat rants, detox off of Adderall, you know, kind of, I still do Snapchat. Like, I still post there to promote Playboy and OnlyFans and stuff. But, like, as soon as I stopped channeling that anger into my content, it's so much better. And, like... Yes, there's always people who, like, are going to hate. Or, yes, there's people who are going to, like, try to withhold money or try to withhold, like, followers from me and all sorts of stuff. Like, life isn't fair and you just have to work hard and you have to acknowledge that, like, life is not fair. Like, you have to make your own, you know, following. You have to make your own living. I live in Malibu off of my income completely off of social media, which is insane to me. And I only am able to do that because I've been working the last 10 years since I was 15. You know how many jobs I've had to work, day jobs as social media management for some fucking podcast or some you know, office or whatever. And like, you have to suck it up and you have to put in the work. And like, as soon as I converted all my followers from Snapchat onto Instagram, onto my YouTube, onto my Playboy, OnlyFans, turn them into real fans who are really contributing, you know, it really brings you something and you feel at peace almost. Like I have an office in Malibu. Like I'm able to like run my productions out of there. I'm able to run my entire social media brand out of my house. Like there is something to be said for that and be running all my own music videos, all my own podcasts, all of my own videos, all my own content. And yes, I do have less followers than I did when I was fucking crazy and doing my crazy fucking prank shit. But like, that's what I had to do. You know, I had to put on an act. I had to do those skits. I had to do crazy shit to get to this point. And like, this has been a highly requested topic on my podcast. Now that I do every other episode, a guest, every other episode, me, you know, I really, it's hard for me to talk about this stuff sometimes because it is so triggering to me because you know, I have had a lot of personal issues based off of this stuff. And like, I honestly think nowadays with influencers, like influencing is going downhill. Like that's why I have my production company. That's why I have OnlyFans. That's why I have Playboy. That's why I have my brand as it is with music and I'm getting my music license and I'm getting all of my 
ducks in a row to be able to be a long-term media slash entertainment mogul. I'd never want to be in that position where I'm just doing one thing. You know, I'm a jack of all trades. I'm a multi-hyphenate. And, you know, a lot of people respect me for that. And a lot of people don't. And I don't really care regardless of what position you're in. If you're in entertainment, you see how hard it is for me to do what I do. And the people who see it respect it, who, who get it. And the people who don't, don't. And I don't give a fuck. But we're out here doing it. And, like, I'm really right now really, really focused on our animated series of Koshu, my OnlyFans of Playboy Careers, and my media empire in terms of music and my own videos. Like, I've stopped relying on other people. Like, when I went to USC, I used to try to work with all these filmmakers, work with all these people who wanted to do... Oh, excuse me. That was my Mac, my iMac. It's going crazy. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, like, when I was in college, I was always trying to do music videos for free or, like do you know songs for free or do like social media promo for free like because obviously when you're a college student you know you got to like collab because you don't have a full-time job you can't make money you can't you know even if you have big social media following in college right you can't fully live off of that because half the time you're doing school stuff or more than half the time and it was hard for me because I have my viper room residency I had tons of shows at the mint and and uh, all these different clubs and like the dime and all these places while I was in school so it was very difficult for me state social house you know um the study, all sorts of stuff. And this was while I was in school, so it was really hard for me. And and I had to work the whole time, you know, and I was always collabing. And, like, I realized, you know what? It's better for me to, like, just put money into my projects and do it myself because then I'll know it's done right. You know, I, I can never rely on people, and that's the unfortunate truth. You know, the only people I can really rely on is my music video director, my photographer, Jordan, myself, my makeup artist, my family, and my music producers. That's all I can really rely on because these are people who are in the industry doing this shit. I mean, and people who support me and who have been around me this whole time. I mean, you just can't be around the wrong people because that's going to send you down a bad path. And when you're with the wrong people, you're not even going to make most of the percentages off your music. And you're not even going to be able to make money off your music because people are taking advantage of you and putting you in the position where they're they're profiting more than you are. You know what I mean? Like, they're profiting more than you are off of your own work and that's never a good feeling to have and also just like being so out of control is not good like I also signed on for a reality show when I was in college with this guy and I got out of it because it was a fake contract but like I've just been put in so many positions where someone says oh they're gonna do this for you they're gonna do that for you and it doesn't work out and like people just don't get it like you have to be putting yourself in these positions when you don't have like the backing of the Grammys when you don't have the backing of Playboy like, before I did all this impressive shit I do now, like, I had to be in the trenches of social media, so to speak. Like, hustling, doing this shit, like, making my shit happen. Like, you have no idea the type of shit people have to do in my position to be able to get that following, to be able to get that clout, to be able to be put in that position. And, like, I don't know, it's like a lot of YouTubers, like, um, Sloan and, like, I guess Trisha Paytas talk about, like, you know, sometimes you have to do things that you don't like to do to get... Um, attention and like I just never want to be in that position again like I don't want to be like Jeffree Star or any of those people like I just don't want to be put in that position where like you're having to do stuff that you don't feel morally comfortable with um, in order to get a bigger following in order to get more attention in order to do bigger and better and crazier stunts like that's why I'm working on my animated series that's why we have our comic that's why we're working on all the shit we work on because I never want to be put in that position again where I'm, like, questioning my own ethics to do something. And, like, that's something Jordan taught me as well. Like, being engaged to him, being dating him for so long. Like, we're almost together five years as of next month, which is crazy. 
and so unbelievable to me. But, like, when we first got together, he's like, you know, you don't got to do all this stuff. And I'm like, what do you mean? I need to get followers. I need to get my paycheck every month. And he's like, you know, just be yourself. People like you more. And I was like, no, I don't think that's true. But, like, it is true. Like, the people around me were just telling me that. So, like... Honestly, this podcast feels like therapy to me sometimes because it is true. It's like I had to act like totally not myself and totally just like throw my ethics under the bus at some points in my career just to like be able to get followers and be able to get attention from people. And like, I don't know. I don't want any other women, men, whoever, they, them. I don't want anyone to feel that way. Like no one should feel like in the position where you can't, you as a person can't be yourself if you want following. That's that's not a good feeling to have. And I was in that feeling for a long time, and, like, I think that our industry was like that for a long time. Like, I really, really, really blew up in 2016, 2017, and that was at the time where it was like, oh, be problematic, queen, like, make that money, like, yes, queen, like, I just never want to be in that position again where you're just getting fucked over. And there was a lot of bad people around me putting me in that position, and I was kind of being forced into that position, and, you know, I made a lot of choices I'm not proud of. And, like, I think that we all have to admit our mistakes and be real with our careers. And, like, I feel very proud to be at Playboy now. I feel very proud to be at the Grammys. I feel very proud to be with my licensing company. I feel very proud to be with my production team. I feel very proud to have my own company. You know, and you sometimes you have to be put in these situations to see what really matters. That's part of why I'm a Disney adult. You know, the whole message of Disney is nothing's impossible until you do it and that's how I feel and like I feel like I can be myself like I want to be a mom I want to be a playboy model playboy bunny rather excuse me I want to be a playboy bunny I want to be an OnlyFans model I want to be a producer I want to be a creative like you can do it all and like that's what I'm trying to show people like you can do it all like you don't have to choose you don't have to pick and choose and you know throughout my career it's been hard to show people that and the transition again from snapchat to all these other platforms was so hard but even right now right I'm growing on threads I'm growing on I'm growing on TikTok. You have to grow everywhere and you have to keep hustling and you you can't be doing that type of stuff. I mean, this is just how it goes, right? Like you just have to be yourself. You have to do you. You have to hustle. And there's going to be so many people who try to get in your way, doubt you. Again, withhold your money, withhold your trust, try to push you down, try to talk shit on you. I don't care. You know, do you know how many people have made like full Facebook pages and full chats just bullying me? Like, I don't care. You're the ones wasting your time talking about me. Like, once you get that perspective, it's like Pamela Anderson, right? I just started her book. Like, in her book, she talks about how, like, she was, like, tabloid fodder and everyone just, like, wanted to make a buck off her. And she's, like, she, I wish I had a book right here right now. It's in my bedroom. I don't want to go all the way over there from my office. We got a big apartment, okay, per. But, um, anyway, her book is, like, look, I'd rather be seen as weak and caring than, like, strong-headed and, and, like, a fighter and, like, trying to, like constantly be strong and like defend myself it's like you can believe what you want to believe and the real people will see the truth like that's how I feel like there are so much rumors about me like if you google me there is so much rumors about me so much made up shit also so much shit where I'm improving or acting and people thought I was serious it's like did you actually fall for the image like there's so much shit I've done that's literally just acting it's like Andy Kaufman style shit and like for so long, people just did not get it, especially when I was at USC, like, I'd always get into trouble for that, people would be like, 
oh, you're saying this, you're doing that, whatever. Like, there's just so much people who always, like, wouldn't get it. But, like, at the end of the day, social media is a performance art, and it's it's a performance. Like, even if now, yes, I'm being more myself, I'm showing you what I want you to see. And, like, through this podcast, I hope I can be more real with you. It's why it's called ARW Raw. And, yes, I do make a lot of good money off this podcast, but, no, I don't do it for the money. I do it because I just love to interact with my fans and, like, there's not enough just audio podcasts out there. Like, everyone feels for- force-fed videos. Like, yes, I could make this whole YouTube series. Like, why do I want to do that? Like, I have already have so much media. Like, we don't need to be doing that. That's too much. And, like, this is more, again, as I said, this is more therapeutic for me. And, like, you know, I'm just Amanda. Like, I'm just me. Like, yes, of course, I'm ARW, Amanda Rome West. I'm, like, thug you, bitch. I'm rich, rich Jew Barbie, as people call me now, I guess, from the Barbie movie cosplay I did on YouTube. But, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. Like... If you want to be yourself, you have to do you. You can't be worried about what other people say. You have to do you. You know why that is? Because at the end of the day, if it's not your husband or your mother or father telling you what to do, I wouldn't listen to it. I mean, even if, even if it's, you know, you're in an abusive situation, those people are telling you what to do. Don't listen. But if you trust those people and you're in a good position with them, yes, listen to them. Those are the only people I listen to. My mother and my father and my fiance. You know, I don't really care what anyone else has to say. And, like, all that really matters is the people in your life who support you. Like, I've had so many fake friends I've had to cut out. And I'm not going to name these people, but I've had a lot of drama in the last year with a friend who had a wedding and asked me for $15,000 and... And I said no. And then she's like, well, you have to be the maid of honor and you have to do all the shit for me. And like, you act like your social media is more important than everyone else. Well, it's my special day. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going on my way to like pay you money for something I don't need to. And like, she would just treat me so abusively. And so I had to cut her out. Then later in the year, um, no, this was actually, this was in 2022. And then 2023, at the beginning of this year, you know, when I got my engagement with Jordan, this, I had a friend who said to me, it was very unfortunate because we just had done a vacation together. He said, you know, your ring's tiny and shitty. I was like, dude, it's a four carat ring. And like, clearly this person was jealous of me. So I said, look, you know, you're jealous. I need to take you out of my life. Goodbye. And then the next thing that happened was at the Grammys, you know, I had someone who I thought was very close with me. And this person said, oh, you're pretending to be at the Grammys. It's a video shop. You're not with Flo Rida on stage at the after party. You didn't even go to the Grammys. I said, why would you say that about me? That is literally so fucked up. You're literally making shit up about me. And, you know, that's how people are always going to be. People are always going to say so much shit about you. You have to be ready to cut anybody off in this industry. It's really sad. Like, there are people I've been close friends with since I was two years old who I've had to cut off because they get so jealous from what I do. But that's just how it goes. And I have no problem being completely transparent on this podcast about that. Again, I'm not going to dox people, but I've been put in that position. I've been put in the position where, you know, companies I work with have withheld money. I've been in the position where... I have had people around me who promised me things didn't come through. You know, you just have to have your own back and you just have to be there for yourself and you have to know what you're worth. There are so few people who understand what they're actually worth these days and they let managers or agents or whoever tell them what to do. And personally, right now, I'm in between agents. I'm switching agencies. Um, I'm deciding between a few different options and I'm, I'm in a good place though, because I have good options, you know, like you have to be in a place where you have good options and where you're willing to cut anybody off and like, All these stories about my friends who I've had to cut off, it's really sad, but the core root of it is always them not believing something about me or always them being jealous or or demanding too much from me. And you have to have your boundaries and say no to people, you know, even people super close to me, like people who are in my family, you know, I've had to cut them out and say, look, you know, if you don't respect me, then I don't respect you and I, I don't I don't have time for you. Um, And I think that that's a powerful thing to do. And I think that's really a part of any 
any viable social media career. As soon as you start getting an ounce of attention, people are going to get very, very upset with you. And I remember in college, people would dress up as me for Halloween. People would invite me to the frat houses like Teak and like ZBT and all this stuff and like do this whole like, you know, performance and do my music and stuff. And like, that is very flattering. But at times you have to understand people are going to treat you like a fucking zoo animal. They're going to make you a joke. You're going to be the butt of the joke often. You're going to be the one having to defend yourself at the end of the day. And you're going to, you're, you're the only person who has to answer yourself, you know, at the end of the night when you're going to sleep. And, you know, you have to live with that shit. And, like, you know, I want to be a mom soon. So, like, I've definitely progressed my brand in that direction. And, like, I want to show people that you can be a Playboy Bunny slash OnlyFans model and be a mom. You can be a producer and be a mom. You can be a podcaster and be a mom. Like, you can be an entertainer and be a mom. You can be a rapper and be a mom. You can be sexy and be a mom. Um, and that's part of my brand mission. And like, honestly, I want to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book. I think once I give birth to my child one day, I feel like I'll be in the right mental space to write a book. You know, um, I do make a lot of money right now and I'm really trying to set up for my future and I'm really trying to be put in that position for my future of my life and like be in that state where it's like, I'm constantly just creating every day. Like I feel really blessed to say every day I just wake up and create. Like, tonight we're going to go see Beetlejuice. We're going to Musso and Frank's restaurant first. And then we're going to go see Beetlejuice. And guess what? I'm going to make a TikTok. Guess what? I'm going to turn that TikTok into an Instagram reel. And then I'm going to turn that into a shorts. And then I'm going to take some photos for OnlyFans and Playboy. And then I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. I mean, you have to turn everything into a business thing. Yes, my life is super fun. And I make it seem super fun. And it is. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But, like, I'm always networking. I'm always busy. I'm always working. I'm always doing shit. And, like... That's how the life of an influencer goes. And, like, a lot of things might seem like fun, but it's a lot of work on the back end as well. Like, the Barbie movie vlog I just dropped on my YouTube channel. You know, Jordan doing my hair, me doing my makeup, and then showing the vlog of us seeing him in the movie. He's an actor in the movie, so us seeing him, and then doing the whole, like, you know, Cheesecake Factory vlog, all that stuff. Yes, of course, it's fun to eat chicken Alfredo. Yes, of course, it's fun to do your makeup. Yes, of course, it's fun to talk about your fiancé being in the movie. But people don't see the back end of setting up the filming doing all the editing, doing all the promotion, you know, I love it. And I'm not complaining. It's just people don't see the work. They're like, Oh, your life is so fun must be so fun. Yes, it is so fun. But yes, it is so much work as well. And you know, I've been working on a new streaming site, I've been working on all sorts of stuff. And it's a lot of work. And, you know, I think that if you want to ultimately be a, a brand with longevity, you have to be willing to stand up for yourself. And you have to be willing to stand up for what you think. And you have to also have a lawyer like, I have to pay my entertainment lawyer. I have to pay my accountant. I have to pay Jordan. I have to pay my team, you know? And, like, you have to make sure that you got your shit in check. Like, yes, of course, it's fun to shop at Dolls Kill and go to Dior and stuff, but this is all business expenses, and you have to plan it out correctly, and you need to make sure you're profiting off of that. Because if you're not, no bueno. You know, you got to do your own shit. Like, you got you to gotta make sure everything's planned out. And people don't realize how carefully calculated... All of the shit I do is everything I do is calculated out. Everything I do, I, I plan every penny of everything I'm spending. I plan every single thing out. That's just how it works in this industry. And you always have to be prepared for some different shit to pop off. I mean, I'm ready for a new app. The second it pops off, I am ready. Like, I am I am sitting here. I am ready for whatever app happens next. I am always creating. I am always being, you know, plugged into the, the energy of the system. I'm always... You know, for example, tonight for Beetlejuice, I'm wearing my Michael Keaton shirt, my Dolls Kill skirt and shoes, and my lounge fly bag. I have everything planned out. Okay, I'm going to do this makeup. Okay, I'm going to order this at the restaurant. We're going to do this. We're going to film this. We're going to do that. You know, you have to be prepared, and you have to every day wake up and do your cleanse. You have to wake up every day, be ready to only eat this many calories, be ready to get these work things done, be ready on these days to go to the gym, be ready on these days to photo shoot. You know, people don't realize how much goes into each single element of everything we do, and it's very 
very, very, very in-depth and very, very, very complicated and stressful. But I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. It's it's the love of my life. I love creating. I love performing. I love contributing um, to a creative ecosystem. And I'm just so, I'm just so happy to have such a great fan base. And, like, I couldn't do it without you guys. I'm so grateful for you guys. And, like, your support means everything. And no matter who hates me or who loves me, you know, I always just have to remember I got shooters out here. And, like, you guys are real ones. Like, there's so few people these days have a real fan base. Like, the fact that I have so many people rooting for me and so many people there for me means a lot to me. And, like... I grew up as a huge fan of Lady Gaga, Pink, Katy Perry, you know, all these women who everyone said, you know, oh, she's fat, or oh, she's ugly, or oh, she's too masculine, and, like, I've always grown up knowing, no, that's not right, they're making that shit up about these people, they're great women, and, like, I'm glad I had those role models growing up, you know, I'm glad I grew up in the 2000s, because I really saw the eating disorders, and the unrealistic body standards, and all of the craziness of the 2000s, and... You know, it inspired me to be like, you know what? We should screw it. We should all just support each other and all just support body positivity. Different different women supporting each other. Different women, you know, we're all, we all have enough to offer. And that's what I love about Playboy. Like, I have so many great friends from Playboy, many of whom I've interviewed on this show. Um, and many more interviews to come. And, like, great women who just want to support each other. And, like, that is so rare in this day and age. Like, you have no idea. Like, of course, okay, for every fucking one amazing person, there's 20 shitty people from any, you know, any anywhere you want to talk about. There's going to be including Playboy, but like, you know, you have to find your your people and you got to find your right people who are there for you and support you. And like, you have to stand up for yourself and your people. And like, I'm just so grateful for Playboy putting those people, those wonderful women in my life. I have so many great friends who are just lifelong, lifelong friends, lifelong memories together. And like, I'm just really grateful for that type of um, support system. Like there are so few women who just want to support each other in this day and age and like it's really something rare when you can have the type of sisterhood with women and have that sort of support and like also it's really rare what I have with Jordan like what other like husband slash fiance would quit one of their jobs to be able to because he's a realtor actor and producer so he does a lot of different stuff and a consultant so he does a lot of stuff like what type of like guy in your life you know is willing to quit his stuff to help you and like I really try to like you know thank god every day for that because I'm really lucky to have someone so supportive and so wonderful around me and just always being there for me, always, you know, having my back and always wanting to support me. And it's really hard to find those type of people in your life. So if you have those type of people, you know, hold on to those people. They're amazing. You know, you have to be with those people who, who love you and who support you. And that's who you got to keep around you. That's who you got to keep around you. You can't keep people around you who don't understand what you're doing with your life. You have to be on board with what you're doing with your life first, right? Then you got to find the people around you who want to be a part of that life, who want to be a part of that type of, that side of, you know, um, the world, you know. Being being engaged in entertainer is very hard, you know. Of course, my fiancé wanted to make a whole video for his proposal to me, but, like, that's part of, like, the influencer thing as well. Like, of course he knows as an influencer I want him to propose to me on camera, have my whole Playboy team there, have everybody there, make a whole media circus of the whole thing. I mean, that was amazing, and I was so happy. But, like, you know, he's, like, he understands how it is, and, like, there's so few guys like that, and there's so few people like that that you can have in your life. So, like, if you have anybody like that, just hold them close, and, like, I don't know. I dated a lot of really toxic guys for a long time, and I love Halsey, so, like, I thought that was totally normal, like, if you listen to all these music, like, it's always about, like, these really toxic, fucked up guys. And she's like, oh, but I'm hot and anorexic. And, like, I love the attention. Like, I love Halsey so much. But, like, and I met her three times. She's super sweet. But, like, straight up, like, 
that's not healthy. And, like, I was anorexic for a long time. I was in very toxic relationships for a long time. And, like, I wasn't alcoholic. And it's, like, very hard to be around that type of energy for so long if you're trying to create and trying to create longevity in your career. Like, you can't just be around these people who are constantly take, 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 you know. You got to give to others around you and they got to give to you. And that's how this ecosystem works, you know. And, like, especially as a creator, you can just become so exhausted with the people around you. Like, you have to have the right energy around you. Or you're just going to be out of whack. I mean, you need to have people in your life who want to do fun stuff with you, who want to be there for you, who want to be part of your career, but they also want to help you do the hard work and do do the really hard, you know, sometimes you have to look at yourself hard in the mirror. When I gained 35 pounds, it was hard to look in the mirror. Like, COVID was really hard for me. And, like, I lost 33 of those pounds. Yes, I want to lose two more, but that's, like, nothing. Like, after you lost 33 pounds, like... I'm sure I can lose those two pounds in the next few weeks. Like, that's not hard. The hard part is being able to look at yourself in the mirror and have someone around you who's like, yeah, you gain weight. Yeah, this. Yeah, that. Like, I just want to talk about that BB Rexa thing that was in the news last week. Like, when her um, boyfriend told her, like, yeah, you gained a lot of weight. Like, of course you look different. Like, he wasn't trying to insult her. He was just like, yeah, you gain weight. Like, if you don't have people around you who are going to call out that you gain weight or call out that you, you know, are in debt or call out whatever, you know, your vice is at that time or your problem... You know, you don't have the right people around you because you just want someone's going to lie to you. Oh, yeah, baby, you look so skinny. No, you need someone's like, I'm going to go to the gym with you. You know what? I'm going to cook healthy with you. You know what? We're going to go do walks together all the time. We're going to fast. We're going to do this. You know, you have to have those right people around you. And sorry, not sorry. I'll say this shit about BB Rexa right now. Like if you girl, you are so delusional. If you think that someone who loves you is not going to tell you the truth, like you need to be around someone who tells you the fucking truth. Okay, like. I'm just so grateful I have, you know, Jordan in my life because he also gained a lot of weight and we had to be real with each other. And, like, being a social media star, it is hard. And, of course, with Playboy, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, you got fat. Like, (laughs) they're body positive. Like, there are a lot of fat people on there, which is no shade. Like, fat, skinny, black, white. Like, anyone can be on Playboy. But, like, for me, I don't want to be fat. So, like, when I got really fat, it made me feel really self-conscious and uncomfortable. And, like, I'm glad I had someone around me who's just, like, honest with me. Like, it's really hard to find people in this life who are going to be honest with you and, like... I don't know, like, that whole BB Rexa thing really triggered me, because, like, my exes would always, like, I don't know, be like, no, you look great, and, like, I would be getting a bit of weight, and, like, I just don't get why people have to lie to your face, like, I don't know, I don't know, I mean, this is just off on a whole other subtangent, but, like, yeah, social media, like, I don't know, you have so much delusion, like, look at all the filters, look at all the face tuning people do, like, that's why I just try to make straight up videos, I do, like, when I'm on TikTok, right, of course you'll do fun filters and do the fun challenges and stuff, but, like, that's all you gotta do, like, you can't be worried about what people think, or, like, oh, be always changing yourself for other people, and always worrying what they say, and, like, you know, you just have to stand up for yourself, and you have to know your worth, and, like, you have to have those people around you who support you, who get you, who love you and like I'm just so lucky that I just have someone around me who will wake up one day and say yeah you're fat you need to fucking lose some weight fatty <laughs> not not to be like fucked up but like that's kind of how it went and like we kind of realized like we need to make a lifestyle change that's probably why I moved to Malibu like you have to have those people in your life who are willing to fucking ride or die for you like you have to be like focusing on yourself and your career because for so long when I was in college, um, people always told me like I couldn't make a career of social media. They're like, you better like become a PA, you better become, which which for those that not in the entertainment, that means a production assistant. So like someone who works for a producer or they're like, oh, you need to be like an assistant, like a talent agency, like get a real job. Like it's like, no, like if I work hard and I'm diligent, I can make my own career. 
And I always knew that, even before Playboy, even before OnlyFans, even before Patreon, even before my Snapchat show, I always knew I could do it. And and once I got my MTV show, that proved to me that I was worth a lot of money. They paid me 20k for my song, Watch Me, and the show never came out because Cardi B did not grant them licensing rights. But this show taught me a lot of things about my life. It taught me, you have to be yourself. It taught me, you have to be careful what comes out of your mouth because it's going to be on television. It taught me you can make a career of being an influencer. And you know what else it also taught me? It taught me that you better fucking work. You better work hard. These influencers make it look like it's nothing. They make it look like, oh, you know, I'll make a whole podcast or, oh, I'll make a whole drama channel or, oh, I'll make a whole, like, expose on people. No, you don't see the back end of the legal side, the personal side, the financial side, the mental strain it puts on you. I mean, all of these things is just, it just adds up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm drinking my coffee. Shout out to Jordan for getting me my new Pride Starbucks cup. Also, sorry, not sorry. I say sorry way too much. I should be like, excuse me. Like, I'm not a fucking apologetic person. I don't know why I say that shit. Like, TikTok gets to me, right? But like, in terms of like social media, you have to have those people around you who support you. Like, I I mean that. When I say that, like, I'm being so straight up with you guys right now. Like, if you don't have people around you who are going to actually be you know, ride or die supporters, you need to look at the people around you and change it. Like, I had no problem dropping off all these supposedly close friends I've had my whole life or my whole college time. You know, if someone's going to doubt you or your decisions and judge you for how amazing you are, then screw them. They need to leave your life because they don't deserve to be around you. And like, if you guys ever need anyone to support you on that or anyone to back you up, I'm here. Literally DM me any social media platform, Amanda Rome West. Email me, Amanda Rome West official at Gmail. Like, I don't care. If you're a Westie, I support you. You guys support me. That's how this shit works, right? And we have to all be there for each other. And like, that's what I've always wanted in a fan base. I always wanted all of us to be able to support each other and all of us to be able to be there for each other. And that's just so rare to have the type of fan base. Like, I have so many people who confide in me and like, I always keep everything private. Like, I love my fans so much. Like, I want to keep everything private with you guys. I want to support you guys. Like, we need more support and trust in our community. We need more people who want to be real with each other and people who want to support each other. There's so few people like that these days. And like, I don't know, like the whole drama with like that Colleen girl and like all that stuff. It just makes me so sick because like these people get a big following, right? They're like taking advantage of children. And of course, yes, I know a lot of my fans are children. That's why I age restrict a lot of my content. And like, I find it appropriate. Like, I think that's appropriate to age restrict your content. You shouldn't be trying to prey upon children to get the support that you look for. You know, if you need support, you know, I don't know, reach out to fucking adults on social media. Like when I was a kid on socials, like there were so many adults who reached out to me and it was like inappropriate. It's like, bro, like you are literally an adult. Like, why are you watching my shit? And now being an adult, I'm like, wow, like it's kind of crazy to see all the shit people will do. Like there are so many child predators online. There are so many people who like don't realize like the impact of social media on the mental health, like everything, like for everything about how great social media is. And yes, my career is in a great direction. You know, I have this podcast. I have my following on social media. I do new YouTube videos every Wednesday, new podcasts every Friday. I do post every day on social media and OnlyFans and Playboy. I do content every day for my fans, you know. It's a big responsibility on top of everything else I do with music and my production company and my modeling. But that's what you sign up for if you want to be online. And 
And I want all of you to know that before you make a career online, you have to understand the internet is forever and you have to be okay with the ramifications of that. You know, everything is online forever. You have to be okay with everything you posted to be leaked. You have to be okay with everything you've done to be online and, and be accountable for everything you've done. And like, I'm very grateful that like my MTV show never came out because that did not make me look good. And like when I first met Jordan, he was like, I was like, I want the show to come out. I want the show to come out. He's like, you do not, you do not. Cause I showed him some BTS. He was like, this should not come out. And, like, you know, you have to live and learn. Like, we all make mistakes. Like, that's what I want everyone ultimately to take away from this. Like, I don't think we really should cancel people. Like, I think we should hold people accountable for what they've done. And we should, like, try to teach them lessons and, like, make them learn. But, like, ultimately, at the, at the end of the day, you can't force people to change. Like, you can't force people either to, like, be canceled. Like, you have to just be like, look, this is what's right. This is what's not. You know, either follow it or don't. Then we'll decide if you're canceled. Like... I don't like that people are canceled right away. I think we should give people a chance to change. And if they don't, it's like, okay, now you can be canceled. But, like, I don't like that whole culture. And I don't like how people can't speak up for themselves. You know, I don't like, for example, like, in the situation of Michael Jackson, right? Like, there's people, like, coming forward saying they were raped by him. Like, that's a whole other story. And there was evidence and stuff. But, like, if you're in the position where, like, you're you're hating on someone on TikTok because they said that this and you heard that that... No, there's no evidence. So let's give them a chance to talk for themselves and then we'll see if they're canceled. I think that's really how it should work. And like, I think there needs to be some more grace given to people who are put under the hot seat, so to speak, because it is hard to be in that position where people are constantly scrutinizing your every move and every single thing you do. And, you know, and you're losing sleep at night over it. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, ultimately, influencers should be put in the position where they get a chance to speak for what the allegations are against them and defend themselves. And then we see if they're canceled or not. Um, and this is coming from a place of like, honestly, like having been semi canceled in the past and like, I'm lucky I wasn't fully canceled as they call it or whatever. But like, you know, like it's really hard when a lot of people gang up on you and they're making shit up about you. You know, when I was at USC, a lot of people try to cancel me and make shit up about me. And like, that's not right. Like let someone speak for themselves and then let them advocate for themselves. And a lot of people said, I believe you, You know, I don't want to get into it, but a lot of people say, I believe you. I know you're in the right. This person's in the wrong, you know, and you know, the court found it that way as well, but that that's just how sometimes things go and you have to be willing to answer for things and you have to be willing to, you know, be on your platform and advocate for yourself. And I think that's really important. And like, that's something that influencers these days are missing. Like my biggest, I'm not going to lie. Like my biggest like influence, like my biggest clout was like 2016, 2017. Like, yes, of course people still stop me on the street. Yes, of course people still follow me. Of course, I post content every day. Of course, I have a big following. But, like, I don't have that toxic, like, horde of people constantly, like, hating and, like, giving me that attention. And, like, I wanted... I I have to be honest with you guys. I wanted that attention. My management at the time... And I'm not going to put out these people's names. But, like, my management at the time was, like, yeah, like, enraged people. Like, say this. Like, say that. Like, do this. Like, do that. And I was, like, being told to do all this stuff that I didn't feel comfortable with. But, like, I thought I had to do it to be popular and to get followers. So, like, moral of the story is, like... Don't do what people say just because it'll make you seem more famous or do this or that. And also don't work with the same people just because just because you worked with them at one point. Yes, I, I am starting to work with a producer I used to work with again. Yes, I am slowly starting to let some people back into my life who were in my life before. But you have to cut off the wrong people, you know. Like, I've had people work with me who have showed me the bad side of them. And I'm like, mm I'm never working with you again. I don't say it to their face. I just, you know... I just don't hire them again. And I think that's that's the way to professionally do that type of shit and, and send that message, you know. Don't be toxic and don't be negative, but also don't let people walk all over you. Like, for me, for example, there's a photographer I worked with and 
I'm not going to name this person, but this person did a, did a project for me on a big event for me. And they told me they'd get me the edits by the next week. Now, let's just put it this way. It looked like they just blindly chose a bunch of random clips and selected them and put together the edit. And I was like, this is unacceptable. I'm sorry. This is not going to work. Like, this, these are the worst clips possible. Like, I saw all your other footage. Like, I would like you to please send me all the footage. And I'll do my own edit. And this person became hysterical and, like, threw a fit. Oh, well, this is, you know, I put all this time in and I, I discounted my rate for you and all this stuff. You know, I really don't care. If you told me your rate is your rate, that's on you that you didn't tell me a higher rate. Because I would have told you, look, I can't hire you. You know, and I said, look, I'm going to give you a chance to get this edit done and I'll, and I, cause I already paid you and that's really fucked up that you took the money and you're not working hard, but like I, I need the files myself as well. And luckily this person got their shit together and they got the edit done and it all worked out in the end. I got the footage, I got everything I needed and I made my own edits as well. But something that will stay with me to this day was, you know, when I paid this person, they promised me, oh yes, Amanda, I'll do a great job. Oh yes, this, oh yes, that. You know, you have these people around you who are yes men and they lie to your face. And like, I will just never put myself in this position again. And also, um, I am, I am, I, I do want to also talk about someone who did come on this podcast many seasons ago, but I kind of am holding myself back because, you know, I'm not a fucked up person, but let's just say I'm not working with this person again because I, I just don't trust people who I've worked with and then they fucked me over because it's not right to take someone's money for a project and you trust them because you've worked with them before and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you up front. Like, I've worked with you before. I know you're good for it. And then they just do the laziest, most slacked off job. Like, I just can't be put in that position again. I can't work with people like that. And, like, I'm so grateful for my music video director. Like, I'm so grateful for my photographer for Playboy and everything. Like, he did all the engagement photos. He did everything for us. He does all my stuff. Like, I pay him so well because he just takes care of me so much and, like, it's worth it to me. And, like... You have to be surrounding yourself with people who are like that. People who are going to ride or die for you, as I said. People who are going to be there for you. People who want to be in your life and want to, in, to want to be in your circle and want to see you win. And I'm lucky that I have a lot of those people in my life. But I'm, I'm not ashamed to talk about how a lot of people have fucked me over. And, like, it's like, again, going back to Pamela Anderson. She said, I'd rather be seen as weak and, like, kind and, like, letting people step all over me than be seen as, like... Someone who's, like, fighting so hard and, like, tooth and nail to get every single penny and every single reputation their own, like, their owed. Like, I don't I don't need to, like, speak for my reputation or speak for all the rumors about me or speak for how great I am or not. You can Google me and you can do make your own deductions of what you think of me. I'm not going to let someone else, you know, dictate what I think of myself. And, like, there's always going to be people talking shit. I'm not even joking you. Look up Holton Arms School, Amanda Rome West. There are so many people who make so many horrible things about me online and, like, say so many horrible comments. Like, I wrote a whole article about how I was bullied in high school and people commented on the article, like, saying I'm a liar, saying, like, that never happened. You know, you're always going to have people gaslight you and always going to have people making fun of you and you just have to accept that. And I think Pamela Anderson did a great job with that because she's like, you know what? You want to make fun of me in the media? Fine. You want to make fun of me in the papers? Fine. You want to make a joke of me? Fine. You want to leave my sex tape? Fine. Like, I know my worth. Like, that's how I always feel. And, like, whenever anyone tries to, like, leak, quote, unquote, something about me or make some shit up, it's like, okay, go ahead. Let's see who's going to believe you. You know what I mean? Let's see what people think. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what people think. Like, if they think that, great. I don't care. You know what I mean? Only you know the truth about your life. And, like, there are just going to be so much people making so much shit up about you. And, like, some of my biggest bullies, like, literally went online and, like, said, like, word for word, that never happened. Like, I didn't name these people by name because I'm not fucked up. Like, I don't want to dox people. But, like, to have the 
balls to go on that comment section and say, oh, that never happened when you were the one who did it and I chose not to call you out? Fuck you. Like, honestly, one day when I have the money to, like, have the legal team for this, I just want to expose every person's name. And I don't have a problem with it. Once I'm really famous, I'll be like, you know what? Let's, 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 let's hold a press conference. Let's do it. Because... I think, honestly, the only thing in this world that we have truly is being kind to others. And, like, we only have today. We only have, you know, each other. And, like, that's why I always choose to be kind. You know, when someone's so mean to me, I just choose to be kind back because I don't I don't have that type of anger in me anymore. You know, I have let go of all that anger a long time ago. You know why? Because I'm at peace with myself. I've been to therapy. I've done a lot of self-worth work. And I have a lot of self-worth. Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of mixing those two up. But I, I do have a lot of self-worth and I've done a lot of self-work on myself. And, like, you know, these days you can catch me, like, renting books in the library. Like, going to the beach. Like, working on new music. Like, doing photo shoots. Like, I just keep to myself and I'm just making money and I'm just doing me. And I have my little family and my cats and my fiancé me. And, like, we just don't need any other energy. You know, I'm always going to, like, alumni events at USC. I'm always, like, hanging out with friends. I'm always, like, working on new projects. I'm always, like, going to the movies, going to a show, like, going to Broadway, going to going to Disney. Like, I'm just doing stuff that makes me happy these days. I'm not doing stuff. And, of course, I do content on it sometimes. Sometimes not. Sometimes I just want to spend time with my fiancé or my friends. I don't want to post it. But other times, you know, yeah, I'll make content of stuff I do. But it's not for the likes at this point. It's just me showing you what I'm doing. And, like, I show you what I want you to see. And, like, you know, I just finished the show Angelina. I think something really powerful about that is, like, yeah, Angelina's a fucking crackpot. She's fucking crazy. Like, she's fucking cuckoo. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, someone like that, that's someone who really knows their self-worth. And they're like, you know what? I'm me. I don't care what you think. And, like, there's something to be said for that. Like, being yourself, not worrying what people think, and just being like, I'm doing me. I don't really care what you say. And I think there is some value in that, and that we should all take a note out of that type of book, which is, like, you know, people are going to say what they want to say about you, and you have to be okay with that. Like, that's why I don't Google myself. Like, and I have Googled myself, like, 95% of stuff is nice, but, like, there's always going to be someone angry that you wore this shirt. There's always going to be someone angry about that you said this. There's always going to be someone angry about that you put out this song, you know, and, and let those people be angry because usually the people who are angry are people who don't have their own voice or don't have their own platform or don't have um, love in their life, and they're just angry that they don't have what you have. So to end this podcast out, um, the biggest advice I would give is if you want to make a media career, plan it out. Say, I'm going to drop YouTube videos Wednesdays. Wednesdays. I'm going to drop podcasts on Fridays. I'm going to drop TikToks and Instagrams every day. I'm going to tweet and thread when I need to. I'm going to Snapchat to promote my OnlyFans. I'm going to post on OnlyFans and Playboy every day. I'm going to make my production. You know, whatever it is for you, that that's me, right? I'm going to put out a new song every year. You know, whatever your goal is, you need to do it and you need to fulfill it. Whatever your version of all that is. You need to sit down. You need to plan it out. You need to understand what equipment you need. And you need to have a team around you. You can't just willy-nilly do it. And, of course, I I only write my songs when they come to me. And, of course, I only record my songs once I'm ready. And, like, I'm not focused on, like, how much time things take, right? I'm more focused on, like, planning things out and having a planned out, thought out, you know, um, understanding of what you're going to do. You can't just show up and like fling something together like I know Jay-Z pretends that but that's not true and I once upon a time I used to work with a guy who said that all the time I'm not gonna name this person but this person went around saying yeah I'm Jay-Z I write a song in an hour I record it it's done in two hours I don't even rehearse it I just show up and do it and that's all great for Jay-Z or whatever but you know you gotta plan and you gotta act accordingly and you gotta really think for yourself and you gotta have a business plan because as fun as social media, music, and entertainment may seem and are, 
it's a lot of back-end work put into it, a lot of lawyer payments, a lot of contracts, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of arguments, and a lot of crying, and blood, sweat, and tears. So you have to understand what that's going to be for you and the mental strain on yourself they're going to put on yourself. I love being a creator. I would rather do nothing in the entire world. I love being an influencer. I love my career. And if I'm to say, like how I ask my guests a lot, what I'm going to be doing in the next 10 years... I see myself being a mom. I see Akoshu being a huge TV show. By the way, go check out our webtoon, The Winds of Akoshu, Spirits of Occur, on webtoon.com. We're on Webtoon Canvas, so check it out. But in 10 years, I see Akoshu being a huge TV show with our huge Disney star we already have signed. I see having a kid or two kids. I see living in Malibu still, hopefully buying a house <laughs> or a condo or something. Um, and I see myself having my music in movies and TV and having a really good music career where I can still be at home and be a mom, but also be like creating and producing and constantly making stuff. And that's where I see myself. And honestly, you have to ask yourself where you're going to see yourself in 10 years because you have to be able to um, have some sort of roadmap. Of course, I'm also very open to like, you know, new TV shows. I'm, I'm also open to acting, which I do. I'm also open, you know, to more modeling gigs like I do it all right but like those are the main things I see and like I am manifesting a lot of great stuff for myself I am manifesting that I will be successful I'll be extremely wealthy and I will have all my ducks in a row to do everything I want to do in life and I think that's really important and I think that as creatives we have to plan for our future and um I do hope that the government and um you know not just tag after but like it's a law that like creators have to have health insurance all this stuff like provide to them like I really hope that becomes a thing because I'm only able to do that because of how much money I make off my career I pay for my health care off the table you know off aside from work I want to see creators have rights and I want to see creators have their own ecosystem where we can grow and where we can be supported and too often do I see tiktokers and influencers and stuff make like no money I have friends who have like eight million followers on tiktok I'm shitting you not and they make like ten dollars a month up there and they work at like starbucks or something so you know, I'm just hoping for a better creative future for all of us. And I'm manifesting a lot of light and love for everybody and a lot of success. And I'm really hoping that we can all, you know, manifest for each other that future. And I think that that's, it's possible. And I think that the more you lean into who you are, the more you can create. And also the more you take care of yourself, the more you can create. You know, I'm excited to go to Broadway tonight to see my, one of my favorite um, franchises ever, Beetlejuice on Broadway. By the way, can't wait for the sequel. Um, I also am excited to, you know, be starting new opportunities with my modeling career, you know, constantly working with new people, constantly doing new projects, constantly doing new stuff. And, you know, I'm just really grateful to have that type of support from you guys. And thank you again for supporting me and always being so there for me and always um, rooting for Team ARW. You guys are awesome. Love you guys. Have a great rest of your day.